cool. I'm going to get burned by this godfire. I'm going to be the chosen of a chosen. Hi, and welcome to Actual Play, the podcast. This is uh, Band of Blades, episode 15. This is the wind down. This is um, all of the original cast getting back together uh, more than a year after the game to reflect on it and to share our favorite moments and uh to try and uh you know to wax poetic about the the time that we had together so if you enjoyed this show and you'd love to hear what jen and misha and jay and strash and myself all had to say about it then uh check it out check it out it's uh it was so good playing with these wonderful people and it was so good to come back um sometime later and, and just ask them what they remembered. Um, it's funny because there's definitely things that stand out for us and definitely things we're like, what happened? I, what happened between this and that and the other? Um, so uh, hopefully if you've just listened to it, um, you'll have some, some favorite moments as well. Uh, hope you enjoy. And oh my goodness, did we almost die so, like horribly? Like entire platoon getting wiped out so many times. So, so many times you're like, so what are you gonna do about this desperate, horrible situation? We like squeaked out of them. In the first couple of missions, it was terrifying. I haven't listened to all the rest, but wow, that was that was good times. Barely surviving all of that. Uh, I we love lost your, a lot of good soldiers. <laughs> I love your yeah. intro, Sean. Let me just say that. I listened to the first uh, episode of, of Band of Blades, and I love the little, like, intros and summaries that you toss out at the beginning of each episode. So uh, they're very charming. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what got me thinking about this, is I was doing little one-minute, like, intros, and I was like, I want something meatier. I want to hear about everybody in, in the show. Does anyone have, like, favorite moments that they remember? I know it's a billion years ago that we played but there was some I mean way more than we could fill in 40 minutes (laughs) (laughs) well give me me one Jen Martin uh all right so uh the name is escaping me um but the butcher in the in the temple Flavia yeah yeah. like cool I'm gonna get burned by this godfire I'm gonna be the chosen of a chosen that was fucking amazing like one part chosen (laughs) mixed up in the line to be chosen (laughs) I remember going, I remember, I don't remember the rookie that I was playing or the soldier that I was playing, but uh, I remember deciding that like, yes, Flavia was the chosen of our party. And like, she was the, like every, like she's the, the holy one. And we all have to, uh, and I became, yeah, that, that character became a super big zealot of Flavia after. I loved watching those progressions between like, oh, this is this is Flavia. She's so sl- shy and sweet. <laughs> now she's a butcher. Right now she's the butcher. Oh, yeah, that was established. She so was always the butcher, right? Yeah, it was. <laughs> That's what we established when she was. Yes. Uh, we were we were sneaking up on. Uh, it's just uh, a cow. It's just a cow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. It was actually kind of. Uh, I don't know. The, the, one of the things that I really appreciate about that moment is the fact that it was one of the few times when you're not facing undead, you were facing um, Black Oak Knights, yeah. which, uh, you know, are, are, are people. And, and seeing some of the, like, it's easier somehow when the enemy is, you know, uh, ex-human. <laughs> this yeah. is an ex-parrot, <laughs> like, right, when they're undead. Right. Uh, but like when you have to actually like fe- face flesh and blood opponents, like that that desperate role where like the person was pulled into underneath like the the, the church and you know like it took two people to take them out quietly. Right, it was just right, yeah. pretty intense. <laughs> well, and- we 
impersonate Black Oak Knights? Oh, yeah. yeah. We did. Yes. Yeah. That's a... Uh, yeah, me and you, yeah. Jay. <laughs> that, was, that was actually the people you killed and you put on their armor and impersonated right. them, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and then, then ran like hell. Yes, I remember running, yes. <laughs> I also remember Sean throwing everything onto the mercy on the dice and uh, <sighs> trying to survive when uh, he got pincered by multiple units and like provoked instead of uh like like instead of making a defiant last hand sort of like provoked two groups to fight uh it was kind of oh yeah of... that zyanova she ran off be like the spy's over here i found the spy i was just I was just watching that and the coolest part about that moment for you though strosh was not like it basically you were like okay make a maneuver roll and if you don't get a six or higher you're dead because it was something like level five harm on the thing on, on it so even if i had you know it was it was black Luke knights on one side rotters on the other and i had made a devil's bargain to leave my uh armor behind or my shield but like i had very little ability to defend against any of it right. but the coolest part for me was that you're like you see this these um, these you know ex zemnyadi these black oak knights and i had my heartwood spear and theirs were blackened and i got to tell them you know like your heart the, you, the tree of your family has no heart you've you've forgotten everything that matters about being a zemnyadi because i was so big into being loyal and family and all this stuff and it was just like such like a rich moment uh, and then it was like, and now I run away because I'm going to get murdered otherwise. But yeah, awesome. that, that character could have just whiffed it right there. And um, uh, yeah. There were so many times where it was like one, one uh, roll the other way would like change the entire course of the game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's the fun of rolling. Yeah. Well, and the stakes are just, uh, Strash, before you got on the call, Jen was just talking about how in Scum and Villainy, you know, we realized like, oh, the, the stakes of a four to five are like, you know, mishaps, the ship damage, you get caught, you know, space adventures. I keep bracing for like mass death and it hasn't happened. And I'm like, it's what? The wrong, it, it's, it's often the wrong genre. I think that when the stakes become high enough, right? Like if the Death Star is about to fire on a planet, so to speak, um, then then such roles can be catastrophic, right? Like, like then the stakes have never been higher. But uh if you take a look at, at Band of Blades, it's a different game. And I think that uh, the idea of gambits and the idea of all of these support moves and things like that are much, much uh, more prevalent. Uh, you have a nine stress track instead of a six stress track, right? Like to start, you have uh, most of the time when you're rolling, you're not putting death on the line. And even if you are, usually you can save by clutching a ledge and it stays within the fiction and the genre. But yeah, Band of Blades and, and, and Scum and Villainy are, are very different games. Yeah. And um, one of the things that I'm grateful for is that uh, usually I can I can push the throttle a little bit harder because I can trust that the players have the tools necessary to try and like rip themselves out of a desperate situation. But Misha's not wrong. Um, I definitely wrote Band of Blades such that if there is a ba- I mean, we saw it with like Crimson, right? Like you roll poorly. You're yeah, gonna yeah, die. Yeah. That's the game. Uh, <laughs> she's making a face. Podcast yeah. listeners can't see it, but she's yes. making a face. <laughs> or Indigo. Indigo was right, right? Indigo. Like, yeah, Indigo that, was that's right. Right. Yeah, Indigo was right. Uh, yeah, we couldn't put that one down ever. But it's it's what happens, right? Like you you roll poorly, then someone dies, and most of the difference is that a lot of Band of Blades is dealing with the consequences, right? Like yeah. how does that affect the people? What do we think of them? How do people talk about it? Doesn't right. stay in the annals. Like how does the story move forward? Uh, so yeah, 
and it's, it's it's very different. It's very different. Tying that into morale meant that there was that sort of mechanical weight where we could both reminisce and re- be remorseful about their loss and acutely feel it within the the you know my clocks on clocks and clocks and clocks were all meant as a buffer against the inevitable drain of morale to uh, that 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 you know just being ground through <laughs> the meat grinder Band of Blades produces, right? Like we have so many people that we lost in our great. Yeah, no, we, we did. almost we replaced lost. the Legion in the course of it. We like, had, yeah. Like, like, like there were, there were like, it was more than half new characters by the end uh, because yeah, there's just so many, so many casualties. Uh, most of them in secondary missions, I think. And that's also like, yeah. hard is just like, yep, some of them didn't come back. Right, right. Yep. And their deeds will always sort of be remembered. Well, Jen did a great job as Lord Keeper. Keeping track of I'm stoked that there's that you're doing this in podcast because it was always my intention to go back and rewatch and like finish the actual book, um, which I'm holding hostage. I was going to give it to Strash and John, and then I realized I can wait until they finish the next game, and then I will give it to them. I mean, there are going to be three campaigns, Jen. Yeah. So. Yeah. So you See, should get on that, Strash. <laughs> uh, actually, actually, if you're going to blame someone, you should you should blame Sean briefly. Uh, I'm going to yeah. throw Sean on the bus for two seconds here, which is that uh, we asked Sean what projects we should prioritize for Evil Hat, and and uh, the second campaign of Band of Blades was in queue, but it's it's actually second in queue now. So yeah. uh, there's a couple of things ahead of it. Uh, so it's not it's not top priority, but it's still on the list. For yeah. Sure. The, the 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 thing is that the the bummer about Band of Blades and Scott and Villainy is that they were stretch goals for Blades of the Dark, which is fantastic. It's great for Blades of the Dark, but it made it so that it wasn't really tenable to make us a Kickstarter for them. We released them, yeah. they've done really well, it's been great. And I'm really, really happy that they're on our roster. But I really want to get you guys a Kickstarter. <laughs> I mean, like I want to get that big, that big event for off-guard games. And that means having a core book, not a second campaign. Right. And so yeah, I'm pushing for pushing for core books because uh, that aren't stretch goals on something else. So yeah. they're coming. Yeah, they're coming. They're, they're coming. And there's going to be quite a few more in the line of off guard games. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, I'm. I'm. I want to. I want to see that Kickstarter happen. You know. Uh, I, I want to comment on the smoochies because there were a fair <laughs> number of them. Yeah, there was. <laughs> and that's the it started really early on. Like I. I I, uh, my memory of this was like, oh yeah, these things developed later, later, later. But I realized the very first time Zyanova and Rhea were flirting was when Rhea, when Zyanova presented that 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 KT tape that was used to like hold With, down. for the pulled shoulder from the falling yeah. out the tower. Exactly, yep. and like that was after the first mission, right? That was, yes. yeah. um, <laughs> and and it was like, oh, uh, you can't put this on yourself because your shoulder is pulled. So here, let me just do it, and this this you know uh this intimacy that that uh yeah just really grew throughout the whole mission uh, and i love that we never really had a lot enough time to actually see it mature it was always yeah. like it was always developing a little snippets because yeah of, little stolen moments yeah, yeah. it's like i want to yeah. see you yeah. but there's a war <laughs> going on, so we've got to go deal yep. with that um and and uh, and the Kingfisher Knight and Multali as well. Yeah. Oh, I love the Kingfisher Knight. Yes, that's probably my most favorite is uh, interactions. Well, going to get him, converting him, mm-hmm. right, and then uh, watching uh, 
his impact on the rest of the legion, right? As as we moved moved on. So yeah, I liked making friends with the Kingfisher Knight. That was yeah, that was good. So yeah, yeah. I think the the moment that I wish you had been there, but but nevertheless, John L. L. was was playing Miltali um, at the time, and they like went up against this just stupid, ridiculous horror, and we're just like Strash. We throw everything at it. And it was like we both use anchor. We both do this. This and weapon master and that. And we rolled a crit. And we got a thing. And we pushed a desperate for extra effect. And we pushed for. Effect. And it was just like, you know, we're like, yeah, we basically blow. You know, and it was just this sort of catastrophic. Like, how do you deal with a ten tick, a ten clock, you know, horror, right, or right. whatever it was? And uh, yeah, it, and it was specifically because it was the two of them, right, each other up, and you know, the two heavies just doing what mm-hmm. best. it was it was a glorious moment uh there's a uh, there... are we gonna are we gonna mention the chicken mission funny story i i just rewatched that i rewatched that like two weeks ago because somebody on twitter so it's really interesting because some people are just discovering the campaign and i will randomly see people talking about it like months slash years later whatever right yeah. um for us it's months it feels like years um uh, but it's uh it, it was it was it's really interesting because they were talking about they were like this is probably my favorite episode the primary mission did not go the way i expected and then the secondary and oh i'm out of character so i guess you're just gonna have to watch it and i was like gosh darn it i don't remember what it was and so like <laughs> i was like because they named it by number right like it wasn't they yeah. didn't call it the chicken mission they just said right, like right. there was a mission i started listening to it the moment i saw it i was like oh it's the chicken mission <laughs> what happened on the secondary and actually it's funny that you mentioned it sean because that's the moment where um zora and uh zyanova went toe to toe and like zyanova gets that six right so she's like going for the killing strike and then zora just like grabs her spear and burns it and zyanova has that flashback to the burnt spears like in the the city in the second episode and like yeah. freaks out and it's really funny because like Zora kept testing people being like, who wants to be worthy? And everyone's right. like, you know what? You're just weird and creepy and we want <laughs> yeah. nothing to do with it. Yeah. And, and like, it was really funny because like first she tried like convincing Vitaly and Vitaly's like, nah, not feeling yeah. it. And then you were like, yeah. And, and then Zyanova was like, I know you're supposed to be one of the gods of my people, but like, no, you're weird and, and you remind me of the broken. Uh, so it was, it was actually this like whole progress where she just like kept attesting legionnaires to see which one would accept, you know, like the spark. And so, um, so yeah, that was, that was really interesting to me. So. And it was eventually the butcher. The butcher. It's just a cow. It's just a cow. Well, the chicken mission, the secondary mission on the chicken mission was the Osingara's tomb, right? That's what yeah. we found. Yeah. With the, so. the, the bites. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That one was... That one was a rough one. Sometimes the secondary missions were actually... Because, you know, you would just sort of tell us what happened on them. And sometimes those I was like, oh my goodness, I'm glad we didn't go through that. Because I don't know how we would have dealt with Osinkara right. or right. the dragon. Or, the you know, not dragon. There are no dragons here. Um, you know, the, the various... The giant like, snake. <laughs> the giant snake. Yeah. The, various... the dinosaurs. Remember that yeah. time we had dinosaurs? dinosaurs. That was amazing. That That's was actually, amazing. <laughs> I think that was another John LL mission because I remember I so. he, he he saved the scout. He 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 resisted completely uselessly, but usefully in the sense that he made a friend permanently out of the scout. But that oh, was yeah. that moment where literally 
And John Ella was like, so do you want the rookies to actually succeed at sneaking? You're like, we don't believe you will, but go ahead and try. Right, right. So they succeed. And then all the specialists fail. And this NPC with zero dice gets two sexes. Just like, like a snake. Why is this so difficult? I've been teaching well, you all your life. And that was the and most like... Just- a random NBC. It's it's the it's the scout's dad who is yeah. super judgmental of him. I got to channel my parents. <laughs> yes, I remember. I played that very judged child, and, and I remember I was just like Legion. Sure, I'm a legionnaire. I care about that guy because that guy is the one who covered for me in front of my dad. Like yeah yeah yeah. I'm part of the Legion. I'm oath sworn. But what I really care about is that guy who had my back. Nice. Great. Oh my, yeah, that, and then the, the Skydiary Keep, the moment we got there, like I very intentionally, I read every page of that book cover to cover, except the location ones, because I was like, Karen is editing, there's other people doing sensitivity reading, there's other people doing proofing, like there's so many people leading that, reading that, and I don't, and there wasn't enough mechanics in it, there were some mechanics in it, but there weren't enough mechanics in it that I was like, I need to read, I need to read it. So that was like the part of the game, when we get the locations, I knew nothing about what was going to happen. When we get to Sky Dagger, you're just like, so there's this mission, this mission, this mission, this mission, this mission, this mission, you need to all do them. And I was like, we do not have enough people. To do- <laughs> There's all these little mini missions with like one specialist leading them. And oof, yeah. I feel like I've never seen Sean Nittner more in his element than playing that the quartermaster in the Uh, Yes, oh my gosh. (laughs) Every single week he's on the Discord. Okay, we can do this, we can do that. It's amazing. You embodied the quartermaster. That was awesome. The thing is, uh, my memory of the game was that we picked roles by in advance, and I was rewatching it. No, we just picked those like randomly. It was like, well, Jen knew you wanted to be lore keeper, yeah. cool. And then it just kind of came down to like, I guess I'll be quartermaster. Like I wasn't like there wasn't it wasn't planned. I wasn't. And then yes, as soon as I started doing it, I was just like, <laughs> I can make my project management powers turn into turn into food and game mechanics. <laughs> and the characters kept coming to you and asking you for stuff. <laughs> yep. I need this thing, boss. Boss, I need this thing. Too bad. We don't have enough of that thing. You can't I, have a thing. I, it was one of my favorite things to do was to tell Zora to piss off. Every time she was just like, she was, that was just such like, a delight to roleplay, by the way, especially the moment where she got hurt and then you found her like bleeding in your quartermastery eating yes. holy relics. <laughs> like, laying on a laying on a bed of turnips in the like, in the car. In the turnips. Turnips. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was just it was it was great to play the character like Zyanova, who was just like super loyal and wanted to do the mission and everything like that. And the quartermaster was just like, I'm not I don't care about you, Zora. Like I know you're critical for the mission. I know we need you, but those are my swords. You can't have them. Yeah. That's my hammer, you can't have them. That's right, that's my hammer. <laughs> the hammer was epic. Yes. <laughs> just give me the hammer. No. No. Just give me the hammer. But if I had the hammer. <laughs> oh, you cannot have the hammer. <laughs> I loved using the hammer. That was awesome. Oh yeah, every time. It was very good. Was. was Flavia the only one that that? Uh... No, I think Miltali. Miltali yeah, I got, also. I got to use it. He yeah. carried it for yeah. a good while. Yeah. And yeah. quite effectively, if memory serves. 
Yeah, well, it was good at wreck. Yeah. And I think Maltali yeah, it was good at wreck. Yeah. yeah. You know, Maltali's first wreck roll, I know if you <laughs> just listened to it, was to wreck a, uh, a, a, a Cinder Guard's armor so that we could all unload Black Shot into it. Into and, it, yes. And you, like, we were on the balcony, you, like, leap down and, like, stick your <sighs> Warhammer, like, in the. Was it Warhammer? Oh, I just listened it was to a, it. Was, yeah, you, you took the sword from it, but I think you, yeah. you, you had the, the hammer or something yeah. earlier. You took your hammer and you like got in like inside the plate and pried it open and then we right. just like you know reservoir dog style just <laughs> execution <laughs> everybody shot it and then it still got up and you had to run it through with its own sword to pin it mm-hmm. that was just i remember running it through with its sword yes and 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 ria like jumps out the window with the commander to, to huh? get her safe yes 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 yeah that was awesome that was like such a good like talk about like perfect in terms of like you know how what does this game play like what's it like like that for, i mean the whole the whole campaign was amazing but that first session i was just we're watching i'm like this is really good actual play of <laughs> not to pat ourselves on the back but like <laughs> that was a great mission it, it's actually very rewarding i don't know um how much you folks read like things like reddit or the the blaze in the dark forums but it's incredibly rewarding to have people pop up and just say like hey i've never played this what would you how would you recommend you know like what are some tips for a newbie gm and the like it's not me it's just like random fans on the internet are just like hey the first thing you want to do is watch this campaign if you can't watch this campaign watch the first episode like this will prep you this is how you do this and like they're like before you read any other comments watch this first and sort of like I'm really proud not just of how cool everybody was and, and how, how awesome that game was, but also the fact that it's it's really well archived. It's like mm-hmm. on the internet and people are apparently using it. And, and this is why I say like, there are people that are just now either being able to afford them or just looking for a new game or just like for whatever reason, I will randomly get messages like, and and, and by the way, if you are listening to this and you're a fan on the internet, it is okay to find a game whenever. Like whenever yeah. you find it, whatever fits in your yeah. schedule is great. Because without a doubt, for some reason, I don't understand. People start every conversation with, uh, you know, I am late to the party. It's like, no, no, you're not late. You found it just right for you. Just yeah. it's fine. Um, but uh, party is whenever you walk in. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and it's delightful to me as I get the little the little YouTube notifications whenever someone leaves a comment. Like someone leaves a comment on a three year old thing, and they're like. I just found this and I'm like, yeah, that's great. I'm super happy for it. That's right. We're still here. Still like seeing those comments. But yeah, yeah. If you're listening to this, you have probably listened to the whole the whole campaign. Uh, I hope that you, if you have any doubts about playing one, that they've been assuaged because, uh, you know, this game was, uh, Shosh, one thing I noticed that you were really good about doing is you were really good about reminding us like, oh, quartermaster, it's your time to do this thing. Oh, uh, commander, how does this work? Uh, Lord Keeper, what do we do next? Marshall, who's going on this? And um, I think it's just- <laughs> oh, oh yeah all the times that Mar- michelle times you had to, to, to pick who died oh, cruel yeah it is a cruel part of the game 
It was actually, in terms of design, it was a very tough choice because um, Blades in the Dark gives a lot of agency to people, which means that even though you will get bad rolls and, you know, people will die, sometimes you need to roll that six or else. Um, and, and we got lucky sometimes and sometimes we didn't. Uh, Indigo was right. Um, <laughs> Indigo was always right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think that it's also important to understand the costs um, because if you have a war and people just don't die and you just keep piling up victories, yeah. there are certainly games like that out there and you can certainly find them and play them and that's fine. But like um, a lot of my family and historical context for some of this stuff is definitely not grounded in that sort of uh, thing. And so that, that was one of the things that we had to balance, right? Like, because we wanted to, at the same time, not take away agency from people while they were playing, which is what the primary missions are for. And then at the same time, show the costs of war, which is what the secondary missions really kind of drive home. And I'm glad that all of you became so invested in the characters and it it's not supposed to feel good. Uh, at the same time, it's not supposed to be like, pure misery 24 7 but like it, yeah it's 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 hard right like losing friends and having to to deal with it and it there's both of this emotional these are comrades that we've seen on screen we know that this person has a dog at home or whatever and then there's the other half of it where you have to then switch modes and be like no i'm the marshal i have to decide who goes and so like the biggest like it, on one hand you're like i care about them as you know these individuals we've come up with in the fiction but on the other hand i need the numbers to like flesh out a squad so i can feel something next week right yep. so. right and, and some of those times when the, the sort of the rubber meets the road in that where you had to like mesh uh squads together and people had to like because that because they, they didn't have a full squad because yeah um uh, or, or there was one time I think where we actually like mushed the the, the grinning lions or something like that together. I, I I haven't watched it recently, but like we were like we want all soldiers, so we like we like yeah. I think we like plucked one from like every squad or something to go and just like all right, we're gonna form the like the Power Ranger squad. And you're just gonna go off. It's yeah. gonna be a thing. <laughs> and it was super contentious because yeah, well, yeah, yeah. it's great. You have all soldiers. Also, it means like yeah, but then who's the commander? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh man, the Gritting Ravens. Uh, <laughs> they were so bloody cocky. We just yes. kept taking them out and they would just be like, Yeah, I can do this. And I I I in that third mission I played Crimson Rising Tide. Like there were two there's Flavia and Grey Walking Smoke were both were both soldiers at that point. But uh, but like we picked rookies and like and uh and Crimson was just like, I took, I'm just, just a kid. And it was like so fun to be like, yeah, I'm just a kid and I'm going to get killed by this horror. What are you going to do, Sniper? you going to save my ass? <laughs> are you going to protect me from this horror? You know, it's about to munch me? You get XP. Uh, Crimson. So, uh, I guess if we're still doing our, our love fest, uh, I love the mission in front of the gates to Fort Kalisco where the mission started and Sean was like, well, I'm not going to give him horses. And I was like, cool, 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 cool. So uh, we have to talk about how this mission's even possible. And I, I kind of challenged the players and I remember you folks actually sitting down and thinking through the puzzle where you're like, okay, well, if we don't have horses in this situation, how do we move fast enough to do this? And you came up with an answer and it was, uh, <laughs> but it was, it was actually very, very, very cool. Uh, 
That was a that was a fast paced and desperate mission. I think that that definitely was uh, one of the ones I remember the most clearly, um, because there was a lot of times where I was like, "This is impossible," and then the the players would say like, "But is it really? But what if we do this?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Yep." But uh, you're gonna have to roll sixes. You're like, "But what if we roll crits?" <laughs> I was like, "Okay, that's that's even better," okay, you know. Yeah, um, I love I love moments where you're just like I mean, and, and as a game designer, this was a big part of like you, you giving treats to us is that the the specialist moves would often do things. So it was just like, well, I'm anchor, so I can fight like I'm a squad, or I have right. channels, so I can just magically have a thing right now that we that we flash back to getting. Um, and they, so many times it was those specialist moves that like, you know, I, the scout just finds this cover cool we have we have cover to hide like because otherwise who knows right 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 and uh yeah the other thing that's really interesting about it is that um you know band of blades it, there's tons of games that don't have strict character monogamy you know where, where, where people switch around characters but band of blades enforces it on a really strong level because you'll you're at the minimum you're playing two characters you're always going to play mm-hmm. a specialist and a legion commander and that's assuming right. you get the same specialist assigned every single mission which is virtually never going to happen unless you're the marshal and you just keep giving yourself the same character um and i think that it did such a good job of like making us really feel like we knew the whole legion because we played so many of them by the end we had each played like four or five six characters right. and so right. we had these like these feels for all of these people who are real even if they like indigo i'll tell you what uh after we wrapped up the campaign my local group uh started playing uh jeremiah fry was going to run it and i had to pass i couldn't i'm like i just finished the campaign the game's awesome i like it but I don't want to blur the two games yeah. and I got to sit with what we just got finished playing. Uh, Cause I felt like I lost a lot of fictional folks, right? Because we're not playing that anymore. So whether they lived or not, they're, they're gone. Right. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, I'm in a weird spot right now that I haven't been in with a game before. You had to bleed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was babbling. I couldn't get the words out, but I could feel it. Right. I was yeah. in a spot where I just couldn't pick up and play it again, right? And uh, uh, they were kind of, and they're still kind of miffed a little bit at me that uh, they played the whole campaign and I'm like, yeah, I just, I can't. I'll come hang out, I'll cheer you on, right? I can't, I can't play uh, right now. So um, that was awesome. I haven't had a game do that to me, so. Yeah, wow. I've only played, I've played a bunch of individual missions and I've run a bunch of con games of it, but I have not, this is the only, that's the only full campaign I played. Josh, I know you played a bunch of campaigns. Six. Playtesting, yeah. Wow, you had geez. To, right? Beginning to end. Yeah. So, because uh, you needed to know how every chosen, how every broken, how every path people mm-hmm. take would work, right? All the locations, you had to like test it out. I can totally see that, Jay. I, I think if someone had invited me to right after, I would be probably in the same boat. Now though, now I'm, it's been enough time. Yeah, no, it's been enough time, right? <laughs> yeah. I think the, the thing is that I, I don't, I actually really respect what Jay is saying because there's a thing that, that John and I talked about, right? And we talked about how Scum and Villainy is much more of a, 
it's much more of a game for everyone. Like it, it's a it's a very easy kind of TV tropey sci-fi game where everybody people are gonna have very different games, but like it's a much more like broad appeal game. But Band of Blades is supposed to be uh, like it's it's much more focused. The people that are gonna love it are gonna love it, and it's not for everybody, right? And and the thing is that the reaction that Jay is having is actually not unusual. I've had people write me uh, emails about their experiences in it. And some of them have been absolutely wild. Uh, the mo- what, what, one of the ones that I read most recently was actually a failed campaign. Um, they lost literally the time ran out right before the last move. And so they, they were one step away from Sky Dagger and their time ran out. And so, so uh, 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 and what they decided to do was to convert the the legion commanders to character sheets and die heroically in their last session wow and 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 they just wrote about how much that impacted them and i was like respect you know like (laughs) so yeah they they literally played out their last stand they knew they were gonna die that was the rule like they weren't trying to change history they just wanted to see the it and and it was uh yeah, it's, it's actually shocking. Uh, I've gotten a lot of emails from all around the world. Uh, there's actually a surprising amount of groups in France and Spain. Uh, there's like a, a big Spanish mm-hmm. streaming group that's doing it right now. Uh, so I've actually seen like fan translations of sheets and stuff like that. <laughs> um, there's an educator in Australia that ran it for 40 kids. She actually had like each, like they only played like the rookies and the soldiers like the and 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 she emailed me and i was like the game is not designed to work like this but she made it work and then like she sent me like photos and and write-ups and it was wild wow that's crazy um so yeah it's uh it's definitely it's it the reaction is definitely very different like it's not like a bunch of people with thumbs up like we had a good session or like that was a fun one shot like I've gotten a lot of messages from a lot of people that, that have that very similar, like I felt a lot of feels and I still need to process them. And hi, John. <laughs> and yes, hey. and with all those feels, uh, welcome John onto the call. Uh, well, anytime there's feels, please count me in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we. Were... I figured this would be the most appropriate way to join this call is like right in the middle and yeah. then just be here for a few minutes and then leave like I did. In a... <laughs> those of you listening to this the podcast uh that's obviously john ll who's the other half of the off guard team uh the other designer on the game and also our guest star for a couple of episodes yeah. <laughs> hi john do you have it's any... good to see all your faces oh my god <laughs> it's good to see you too john do you have any any uh favorite moments that you recall it has been a while i know but uh there were... oh my goodness from the campaign or from uh yeah in general yeah if if, oh, yeah. if, if you know um, if, if you remember from the campaign cool if not just tell us your share your love. uh well there are plenty of even the cup like the two sessions that i was was in there i was like there were a couple of like really cool moments that i remember i remember i, I remember risking trauma in order to save a rookie from embarrassment <laughs> We were just talking about it. It was a scout. To be fair, yeah. it was a specialist. Not a rookie. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do you ever do you ever really outgrow being a rookie? <laughs> it's when you lose um, naive hope. Yeah, yeah. I Until use there's a new time. rookie. 
Yeah. <laughs> At one point, Josh, you're like, so you're going to run away from this horror? And I was like, oh, Josh, I'll remind you, one of the items on my equipment list is Naive Hope. <laughs> yes, I, <laughs> yes, I absolutely think I can get away from this horror. <laughs> Just scramble up the hill. He doesn't have hands. I do. <laughs> All righty then. Desperate. <laughs> yeah, like desperate. Desperate. <laughs> I think it's it's weird. So I, I've played Band of Blades and I've tried to play Blades of Dark, and I still don't quite grok Blades of Dark. Blades of Dark. Something just is not clicking in my head. I don't know what it is. But this one I understood completely, and I don't understand why. <laughs> it's driving me slightly batty. Uh, Considering that it's seemingly more complex, that is impressive. That is. <laughs> But yeah, I'm I mean, also the person who, uh, when learning to ski, could not snowplow to save her life, but can do the, the, the like, swoosh stop one. So much harder. I also fell off the ski lift twice, but that's a whole other... <laughs> yeah. Well, for what it's worth, Misha, um, Blaze in the Dark, even though, obviously, I'm a fan and, you know, I consider John's, John uh, Harper's work very good, um... It is two generations before uh, Band of Blaze, right? Like, we learned some lessons in uh, Scum and Villainy in how we explain the text and also explain the rules. And the other thing that we had the advantage of is as much as Band of Blades is more complex and Sean is not wrong, it's also more structured. <laughs> so yeah, it, I wanted to speak to that specifically because every time we would introduce a new system we would talk about the the way in which we would organize both presenting that information and also how you manage it in play and those are like two really important things it also builds on a military theme where everything is sort of regimented and sort of structured but it but it really does help with the play um to to have those in place speed and comprehension and cognitive load were all things that we were considering pretty heavily. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's gratifying to hear this from a lot of people. And actually I, I, I think, uh, um, like th there are certain elements of it that are also like much more codified and pre-written and kind of digestible, which makes me wonder if uh, in some ways it's not even easier to hack because it's like easier to, to drift it almost like directly over. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I, you're, you're by the way, not the only person that's told me that. Uh, you're not <laughs> alone. It, this is not just a function of Misha. Um, <laughs> I'm not totally a weirdo uh, <laughs> for that reason. Yeah, I think it's, I think it, I think it's just the combination of, of, of time and, and, you know, structure. So yeah. I have also made that comment to Sean, but I've read all of Band of Blades before we played because I proofed it. And so I was like, oh, well, I just grok these rules because I've literally read all of them. Uh, whereas with like Scum and Villainy, I have not read that whole book. So, um, but yeah. Yeah, and I feel like uh, even though there's there's more to it because the roles are assigned, everybody has, a, you, divide, you divide up the work. And it's, it's divided up in a yeah, way yeah. that it, it, it stops the alpha player from being like, I'll do this and this and that and the other. Okay, so if we just if we just move to here and we assign these people to go there and we do this campaign action and we, you know, uh, and we uh, do this spy master action, you know, one, one person sort of taking all the command roles, uh, which can happen. And I think, so I think it's not only good to like make it more digestible, but also to make it so that, you know, no, no one player kind of jumps in and, uh, tries to do everything. Although I tried on several occasions. Commander, if you could just do this kind of mission, and Marshall, if you could just do over this, and Laura Keeper, if you could just have this kind of scene. 
there were there were several times when I I asked Jay very nicely, could we have a supply mission, please, Commander? <laughs> please. The the idea here though is uh, this is something that uh, is probably not talked about enough, and I think I really wish it was talked about more. Is uh, table culture and like table cooperation, right? Like, and how to create that dynamically and in a more healthy fashion. So one of the things that this game does is it both tells you that you have to do that, right? Like as a quartermaster, you have to tell the commander, like we're out of supplies and we need them or I'm not going to be able to do my job. But at the same time, it absolutely delineates the responsibility and power to the commander so that the commander can say something like, look, I get it. It's going to be tough for a session, but we're going to do it this other way. And I remember when, when Jay had to sit with, whether you sat in town or something or moved early and like literally the rest of the staff was like, no, we should do the other thing. And Jay was just like, no, we're doing this thing. And then it turned out to be the right move, right? Like, like statistically it could have gone badly, but it turned out to go really well. Like you folks are actually in kind of a tough jam and then like the stats evened out because the roles came up well but like it's and, and i think that that's also important right like so i remember that uh because i think overall uh when you did come to me sean i felt like you came to me as the quartermaster like a quartermaster would hey i'm short here i need these things i can do this if we do that or we can go get these things and so i never felt like uh you were being the the alpha player or like the, the commander or anything like that. And uh, especially with the other roles too, because I think there's a lot of cross-talking, but in the roles we had, and that, mm-hmm. that felt good. Yeah. Um, but that was a hard uh, scene when I, I decided to do the other thing. And uh, um, and I just, I just I, I don't know, I just felt that was the right way to go at, at the time. And, and you were right, yeah. So... And and Misha, you as Marshall got challenged a lot. I felt yeah. like of any of the characters, like in a lot of the in a lot of a lot of the characters, a lot of the the, the leaders were sort of distant. Like the the quartermaster and the commander and uh, and the and the lore keeper. Like we did our role, we did our work, but we didn't always interact super deeply with a lot of the the rank and file. But like Misha, you were constantly having people come up to you, being like, "I don't like this guy. They should be on this." But sometimes that person was me coming up to be like, "I want to be corporal." this squad and you should put that person over there just like lots of lots of times where you had to like yeah, on the one hand it was like an hr nightmare it was like wait and like hr is my nightmare like i don't know what to be the person like look you you're adults deal with your own fucking problems don't bring them to me okay <laughs> oh my god working as intended <laughs> i love the marshall role because it has perhaps the most emotionally challenging part to it uh, like the quartermaster is very much about like accounting right um yeah and the uh, commander is very much about like well let's make strategic choices about which but the marshal management has to the hearts of the troops and inspire and really understand who's going to work well together in a group. And I love that part about it. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was juicy. Um, also that just right off the bat, Zora, like the Gritty Ravens, our very first back in camp scene was the Gritty Ravens, like talking all kinds of trash. Yes. And Zora was like, okay, you think you're so badass. And then like the next mission, we all wake up, like stripped down to our skivvies, tied up. <laughs> In the like the haunted forest, (laughs) and we're like, we didn't piss anybody in Plainsworth off that bad, did we? 
No, that was all Zora. <laughs> yeah. Divine paper. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, paper. Uh, thank you all for playing in this amazing campaign. It was so good. Jen's given a. Everyone's flashing hearts right now. <laughs> Podcast listeners. Uh, and uh, we will. I mean, my hope is that you all is that anyone listening gets to hear us again when uh, campaign two rolls around because it's in development. We will be. I got the book. <laughs> you got pages. You got blank pages in it. Jen's got the book. Nice. Awesome. Cool. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. We'll see you all later. <laughs> Smooth outro. Smooth outro. <laughs> <laughs> And that was it, uh, our final Band of Blades episode, at least our final Band of Blades episode for Campaign 1, Road to Sky Dagger Keep. Uh, we're eagerly awaiting for Strash and, and John to create the second and third campaigns. And you know if they do, uh, this crew will be back to play through them. So um, very, very jazzed about that and very very jazzed about um more people playing band of blades for everyone who's been listening this whole time thanks so much for um all the uh for hanging out with us for all the feedback that people have sent over twitter over emails um you know feel free to to send thoughts questions feelings over the anchor app over um over email at, at Twitter. I'm Sean Nittner pretty much everywhere. And I love to hear people's thoughts on it. Uh, and that's the end of season two. And season three will come back with a brand new show. So uh, another, another uh, podcast edition of a series we've completed. Uh, look forward to seeing you soon.